There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Have you heard of- hey everybody, it's Matt. And I'm very excited to let you know that my debut album, Have You Heard of Christmas, is out Friday, November 3rd. Stream it everywhere and anywhere you do that and order the vinyl online now. I've also got new merch and tickets to my tour at www.mattrogersofficial.com. Starting December 1st in Philly and wrapping up December 23rd in New York City. Again, check out www.mattrogersofficial.com for all the new music, merch, and tour info. Very exciting. It's officially Christmas. And now, my gift to you, a podcast. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, my. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. Oh, goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. Both of us have had, I would say, a rough night. You had the Sunday scaries, you said. I had the Sunday scaries. I've never heard you say you ever had the Sunday scaries. I always have the Sunday scaries. Oh, my God. It's really bad. I power through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you must. In a high-pressure environment where it's high-octane, the well, comedy I, comes hard and fast. It's not even about the work. It's just something about Monday. Yeah. It doesn't matter what is on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking. Well, can I do a peek behind the curtain? Yes. So you said to me outside that you had this on Scaries, and I was like, why? And I could sense that it was because you want to do a great job for Emma. I do want to so do a great job. So I said, Emma. you My have to do the actress, twins. too. Really? Birthday twins? Oh, she's exactly two years older. Okay, well, first of all, you, you're, you're dating her. Oh, no. And I don't mean going out for dinner. It's me, Emma, uh, Ethan Hawke. Really? Are all November 6th. That is so prestige and cunty. That's the only caliber I'll ever be in with them. Quickly Googling. That's not true. Ethan Quickly Hawk. Googling March 5th famous birthdays. Okay. You don't know this off the top of your head? No, I think that's because it's kind of like lame. I prom- Oh my God, wait. No. Oscar nominee Adriana Barraza. Adriana! From Babel. Of course. Wait, <laughs> like, was Adriana nominated the same year as Rinko Kukuchi? Well, when you're in the same film, that's often what happens is you'll get nominated the same year. Oh my God, Wait. Kevin Connolly of Entourage. Ah! 
Icon? Icon. Uh, okay, wait. Um, you are Babel and Entourage combined. <laughs> Model Nikki Taylor. Pen Gillette. Pen Gillette. Talia Balsam. Actress Talia Balsam. Oh my God. These are and so Matt. <laughs> these are so Matt Rogers coded. I've always felt connected to actress Talia Balsam. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? I do know Talia Balsam. She's sort of like in so many projects, right. but like not a household name. And I think even disrespectfully, she's known to some as John Slattery's wife, which she, is true disrespect. But she was his wife on Mad Men. She was his wife on Mad Men. And I think she got the raw end of the deal there, which any woman dating anyone on Mad Men was getting the raw oh, end of the if deal. If you were a woman on Mad Men, good luck. Unless your name was Peggy Olsen, you were arm candy, period. This is rule of culture number 59. <laughs> if you're, you're a, woman a woman on, on Mad, Mad Men, Men, good luck. Unless your, your name, name is Peggy Olsen. Olsen. Otherwise, you're, you're arm, arm candy, candy, period. period. That's a long one. Yeah, but I think it was a true one. And this episode is going to be long, but true. Yes. This episode is flirting with Honesty's own vibes because I wanted to say I wanted to do a peek behind the curtain. We're doing peek behind the curtain. It is Honesty's own vibes. I think we're both coming in on a similar like, oh, hey, good morning, girl, wavelength. And I think that's actually beautiful setup. So you had the Sunday scaries and didn't sleep. Yeah. I people are going to be like, Matt, so stupid, et cetera, when I say this. And I literally agree. I have forgotten to take my Lexapro for four days. I think what happened was I'm dumb and not that smart and without tools to remind myself to take it. And by without tools to remind myself to take it, I mean I don't literally just use my phone or get on a schedule. But I literally feel like, you know, in like Mario Kart where you get like the poison mushroom and you drive backwards when you try to drive forwards and like all that. This must be double dash because I don't know this girl. (laughs) I don't know that mushroom. See, even me trying to make that metaphor come across like to read (laughs) like is sort of... But I know what you mean. I feel like woozy down and I just, I fear for what it's going to have me absolutely say on the episode. Am I going to be saying the truth? Honey, that's what'll set you free. Finally the truth. Finally the truth. I said to Bowen off air, I was like, I think you need to do the actress part too. Oh, that's, yeah, we're talking about Emma Stone. I think the actress part two would only disappoint. And uh, it's, no, it is such a perfect, I'm not like gassing up my own work here, but it's like the way that that was conceived and written and made and shot and everything was like so pure. And like, it was me and Julio like coming together. I think he would admit to this. He would have to admit to it. Oh, he would proudly say it. No, he would say that. But I'm just saying, like, this is how I am with any sequel. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, I famously kind of hate when sketches are force-fed on SNL as, like, recurring bits. I think there's been some amazing bits that just, not for nothing, but kind of, like, overstayed their welcome a touch. It's always diminishing returns. And here's what I would say. The actress is not one of those things. And this is my pitch for the sketch. And am I dooming it by saying no, it on this no, podcast? No, 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 say it. It probably won't happen if you say it on this. Yeah, you kind of are dooming it, but I think that's okay. I've already, like, ruled that out. So I pitched it, and he's already ruled it out. No! So now it's a safe place for me to pitch it here. I think this would be iconic. Okay. Everyone's going to agree. The actress, too, starts with, the actress that Emma Stone plays in the first sketch, she's now hugely successful. We see, like, her boudoir is filled with Oscars. She's got, like, six Oscars. And they all say, what's her name in the sketch? 
Um, oh my god. Does, does she not have a name? Is no, she, she just does, the actress? She, she, no, she does have a name. She does have a name. And I, I just forget. Her name is Grace. 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 So we see that Grace, who is known in Hollywood mononymously as, as Grace, Grace. <laughs> has won six Oscars, all for lead. Okay? She's Emma Stone she's Emma times Stone 15. Level. Like, she's the biggest actress in Hollywood. And they come to her with a pitch for another film with Ty Mitchell. And she says, I don't know if I can go back to that place. Yeah. And they convince her, and we see her doing Lady Gaga method on the set. And I just feel like we all would love to return to this world, and I have doomed it by pitching it here. No, you haven't. You have free ideas over here. Free I- No, if I get an idea from Matt, everyone must know <laughs> that it's manna from heaven to me. This is someone oh my who, God. can I just say? Mind your manas. Mind your manas. <laughs> Matt and I, you and I have not had a chance to like really sit down and like dig into something creatively in a long time until oh. recently. I'm not going to reveal too much, but I'm, I gotta say, I'm blown away by this girl. You are very good at this. You know what they say is if you want something done, give it to a busy person. When I'm in busy mode, you are the busiest you've ever been. <laughs> well, you were just in London. I would say that. This wasn't the runway for that discussion. I do feel very busy. What I'm saying is I feel like I've been able to be productive because I'm already in busy it's, zone. It's inertia. You're already in motion. Whereas, and I don't know if you and the readers agree with this, but when I am given license to do nothing, I think I am the biggest waste of space on the planet. Like, I will just lay around and... The way that I feel this morning because of how I treated my body yesterday with food and more. Yes. Like, and the the lack of inertia. I feel 58 years old this morning, and I think it's a little bit didn't take the meds, a little bit ate very badly yesterday. Also, we drank last night at the game. We did. Because we were sort of at the Nets game. Sitting courtside. We were sitting courtside. And Like Jack Nicholson. Like Jack Nicholson and fucking... Michelle Pfeiffer, I want to say. Did they, I think she would look stunning. Did they go to a basketball game together at one point in the 90s? I think they did. Maybe. And today, this morning, we woke up feeling like Julianne Moore at the game. Ugh. That meme of her going... Wait, really? Is there a meme of her at a you basketball game? Y- you know the meme. I don't think I do. It's like, they cut to her, it's like stars of the game, and she's like fully dissociating. Like <laughs> Speaking of Julianne Moore, should we oh, get into it? I, I was just going to say, well, your pitch for the actress, too, reminded me of May, <laughs> December. Like, an actress playing an actress taking it so seriously. That, yeah. That's just May, December in a nutshell. So I sort of said what I felt about May, December, and I don't think we're going to get into spoilers because May, December is going to be widely available to watch, I believe, on Netflix December in 1st. a couple weeks or soon. I, wow. Yes, yeah, on Friday. So very soon, but you can see it in theaters now. Your thoughts on May, December? Um, Let's Siskel and Ebert this bitch. <laughs> I loved it. You know what I had to do? What? I saw May, December in Denver. At Landmark Straits Artiste. And you went by yourself? I went by myself. This is a good solo movie. The theater, it was, oh, it's a perfect solo movie. The theater was full of, I would say, lovely elderly people with taste. Cinephiles. Cinephiles who, for some reason, still don't know how to behave at the theater. Well, let me guess. A lot of unwrapping of shit, a lot of talking, a lot of coughing. So what I had to do, and also the sound was not turned high enough in the space. I was sitting in front of... Two women who were crinkling the fuck out of their plastics. There's not enough talk about crinkle culture. There's not. We need to stop it with the crinkling. One of the rudest things you could do is is whip out a package and crinkle the night away. While Julianne Moore is speaking. Obviously, they're very insecure. They're very insecure. I'm very insecure. So your thoughts on her lisp? 
I admit it to you, and I it brings <laughs> me great shame to say this. I did not clock that she had a lisp until two thirds of the way through the movie, until the end of Act Two. You're so brave to sell your arms. <laughs> I was always self self conscious. Self conscious about my arms. You're a modern woman. You're a modern woman. So interesting how you're a modern woman doesn't have any S. There's no less. Yeah, no. She wanted that one to land. Boys can be hard. Boys can be hard. Boys can be hard. Boys can be hard. I love that line. There's a lot of good lines Boys can be hard is a perfect. So, okay. Not spoiler territory, but just to give some context for people. This movie was written. I told you I started reading the screenplay a couple years ago because it was was on the blacklist. Mm Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, my God, this movie, the screenplay made December is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. everyone should read it. And I started it and then realized in watching the movie, I was like, oh, I, this is familiar. It's about Natalie Portman playing this television actress. I love how it's specifically she's a TV actress mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. necessarily. Looking to break through in this independent it's film. so perfect. Yeah. Informs so much about this she character. She wears a, a hat that I can only describe as a hat that an actress wears. <laughs> a hat she, that an she actress wears. She comes to this town. So basically it's based on like the Mary Kay Letourneau scandal. Billy Fulau. Yeah. So basically like it's about a woman played by Julianne Moore who's married to uh, her student. Her well, her no, it wasn't a student. It was that they were. Oh, she, yeah, yeah, She yes, ran yes, a yes. pet shop. She ran a pet shop and started fucking her employee, who was a teen boy. I believe he was in eighth grade. He was in the seventh grade. I got it mixed up because there's not spoiler. At one point in the movie, he in the seventh grade writes her a card. Yes, for an assignment. So I, for a second, I thought teacher, but yes. So pet shop. She runs a pet shop. She starts fucking her child employee, and basically she goes to jail, but they get married. And so we meet them when Natalie Portman, who plays a TV actress who's going to play her in a film, has gone to this small, 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 like, island town they live in to start S- Savannah, shadowing Savannah, her. Georgia. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> small island town. <laughs> it's by the water. <laughs> <laughs> in my head, it was a small island town. No, Savannah. Okay, well, you it, was, get, it, was, it might have been like Hilton Head or something, but anyway. They're very isolated uh, in this town, okay? It's a comfortable place for them to live because they don't really get bothered. Right. Like, you can imagine, like, this woman has, like, been through, obviously, like, international shaming because she's yes. a rapist yeah. who is married to this child who's now a grown adult. They have kids. Yes. And Natalie goes to... The town, the town. To shadow her and watch her because she wants to really do justice to her in this independent film she's playing Julianne in. And the relationship gets more and more complicated yes. as the shadowing yes. proceeds. There is a lovely layer that is not too—I thought it was going to be very heavy-handed, but there's a great thing of, like, camp to it. There are, yeah. like— Piano stings and like <laughs> Lynchian like frames and cuts. And it's stuff. Todd Haynes and it's very Todd Haynes. Yes, it's very Todd Haynes. And I loved it. But yeah, what else is there to say? I mean, the lisp. Yeah, I just didn't clock the lisp because I was just so captivated. Like everything melted away. I was just like, oh my God, I'm watching two people I love mm-hmm. come together and do their And thing. then Charles Melton, a revelation. Charles Melton has one scene in particular where I was like, really, really, like, overwhelmed by his talent. I was like, this is crazy. Like, between him, I guess, and Jacob Elordi, it's like, this year is like when you, those the two of them, like, are now being taken very seriously as dramatic actors, and with good reason, because I would say, like, even with Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman in this movie, killing it, and Natalie has a scene, one scene in particular. Yes. She has a monologue scene where she's playing Julianne and, like, doing a monologue as her 
which after Greta and I watched it, I turned to Greta and she was just like, I mean, if there was any doubt, she no. is totally one of the best that we have. She's and I was like, 100%. When Natalie snaps in, everyone there's else no, is kind of nothing like it. found dead. It's really compelling. But Charles Melton, I think, gives the performance that you really remember because ultimately, Jamie Lee Curtis, this movie is about trauma. Yes. <laughs> and exploitation and how you really can't once something like this is inflicted on someone, like, it never leaves them. And yes. what do you think about it being classified as a comedy at the Golden Globes? I was thinking about that the entire time. <laughs> because Matt brought this up last episode with Seth the Myers. It's so jarring. I can't believe that. But I also am like, I can't believe it's not getting more awards buzz. It's kind of getting lost in the mix because everything yeah. else is sort of... Like, it's hard to market this movie, I guess, to, like, a bigger award-watching audience. Well, weirdly enough, the Academy has always, like, had, like, a polite respect for Todd Haynes, but they've never gone cuckoo bananas over really anything he's ever done. Like, Carol kind of got nothing, too. I mean, it it got its nominations, and I think that the ones it got were, like, the inevitable ones, and I think that people obviously are truly fanatical about that movie. Like, there's a certain brand of gay that is their favorite film. Yes, yes. And Carol's certainly great. Kate Blanchett is amazing. Rooney Mara is great. But this movie, I think maybe it's the subject matter. It's just a little dire and yeah. very uncomfortable. So and uncomfortable. you sort of leave the movie, especially the last scene, feeling really jarred because the last scene is, at, it, it is ends, a reveal. Yeah. I believe it to be a reveal. I think it's a reveal. I think that is the comedic thing. Yeah. It's, it reminded me of Tar, honestly. In many ways. The ending of Tar. In many, many ways. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> it takes a turn at the end, but yeah. you're like, <gasps> and the whole thing, it actually begs for a rewatch. In many ways, the same way Tar did. Yes. Because you watch it and you're like, wait, what? Yes, yes. And that to me, like, it's... I can honestly say, like, where we're really calling this a satire, and it is. I kind of get it as a comedy, but, like, it's just so weird to think about this subject matter being up against, like, what? Like, no hard feelings and, like, right. like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know the Golden Globes is going to be, like, J-Law and no hard feelings and, like, what? Natalie in May, December? Like, Ridiculous. honestly, kind of. No. Natalie is hilarious in it. She's hilarious, but it's not. These a- kids, are they all out of L.A.? They're not sexy enough. <laughs> You're spoiling the whole thing. I don't know if I am. You, this is the thing about Matt. He is. Everyone listen up. He points the finger when it comes to spoiling. Oh, shut the fuck up. But you spoil. First of all, I would like to think what I do. Don't tell me to shut the fuck up. (laughs) How dare you? Do you need to be part of the next pop culture moment? Are you scared of missing out on once-in-a-lifetime experiences? From can't-miss music festivals to international fashion shows to your favorite celeb's favorite restaurant, staying in the know can be so expensive. Don't let your finances hold you back from living your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com to start living yours. It's I-N-T-U-I-T.com. Let's get into it. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, 
bubbly burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Coach family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. The other day I was I was at a party that was hosted by our friend Matt Whitaker and I started singing a little bit and Jared turned to me from across the room and said, Matt, and he goes like this, like telling me no, to like, telling me to silence. No, and I literally looked at him from across the party that. and I said, shut up. Yeah, Jared, that's not okay. That's not okay. Don't do, I would never do that to you. <laughs> Have I ever told you to quiet down? Yeah. But not, I've never. I, not in across, an isolated trauma way. I've never across the room <laughs> at an event been like. Hey, relax. That's, I'm so, we love Jared, obviously, but that's... Well, then he told me he was kidding. He loves my singing. But that's not the way to show love. Speaking of Jared, tonight we are going to a screening of The Color Purple. Oh my God, I can't wait for you to see. I, I can't wait to see it myself. I'm really excited. So did you know, I didn't know much about this director, Blitz Bazawule. So he worked on Black is King. Oh, amazing. and so I had never heard of him before, but then I realized, oh, I've obviously seen and enjoyed his work. And I am very, I've always been excited because you know that I saw Fantasia on stage do the color purple. I do remember this. And then I think Taraji is kind of a perfect Shug. Mm-hmm. And all the buzz about on- the supporting actresses, about Danielle Brooks, who, to be honest with you, I've never been like super emphatic about, but maybe it's just because I haven't seen her in the right thing. Sure. I say this having seen all of Orange is the New Black. But but excited for that. But Orange is the New Black is an interesting show because it was such an ensemble moment. Like there was Mm -hmm. no person to really like focused your scope on. Some people like really popped to me in that show. And for some reason, like just Tasty was not one of the characters that was popping to me. Like I felt like, um, what was her name? God, it's been so long. But the one who's pregnant, Um, who is like fucking the. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew McGorry. Daya. Daya. Yeah, Daya. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I loved that storyline. God, what a moment. <laughs> what a moment. A, a, to say a simpler time, Orange is the New Black, is ridiculous. Yeah. But a simpler time. In many ways. Samira Wiley, obviously. 
breakout or Prepon Uzo. Remember when Laura Prepon was giving like the performance? I remember literally saying like Laura Prepon is absolutely slaying it on this show. I was like, maybe Scientology. They got a point. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen. What? Not Elizabeth Olsen. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh my god, I meant. Leave that in. No, 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 no. You meant Natasha Lyonne. I did not mean Natasha Lyonne. I meant Peggy. I mixed up Peggy Olsen with Elizabeth. What's what's her name? The actress who plays Peggy. Peggy? Peggy Olsen in Mad Men. She wasn't in Orange is the New Black. She, But she's a Scientologist. Oh, 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 oh. (laughs) Sorry. Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. God. One of the great legends. One of the great Scientology legends. (laughs) It I is mean, so weird to think about people still dying on that hill. B- because they're trapped in it. Oh, yeah, I guess that's so true. But that just makes you go, wow, what Leah Remini did was the <laughs> bravest. It was the bravest thing you could possibly do. It was the bravest thing she did <laughs> since unbuttoning her top button in second act to deliver a punchline. <laughs> did she do Oh, that? my God, it was iconic. And Leah Remini in second act. <laughs> She unbuttoned her top button of her jeans. And oh, of her jeans? Of I her jeans, her shirt. not of her shirt. <laughs> you are a boob guy. I and love, we, it's, I it's love boobs. It's time we say it. I love boobs. You, this is not the first time that someone with an impressive rack has been talked about by Bo and I'm Yang. always talking about... You're a boob titties. gay. <laughs> I love... I'm a boob gay. <gasps> oh my God, oh, that's rule that? culture number 11. Bo and Yang is, is a, a boob, boob gay. gay. Should the title of that be boob gay? Boob gay. <laughs> I think they're going to put this as a tribe on Grinder. Yeah, boob gay. You know that one Chill, of my Scorpio boob gay. One of my favorite things to know about myself is that if I was born female, I would have a you massive have huge rack. Sets. I really would because not saying too much about my sister and my mother, but they're blessed with big old boobies oh my and God. I feel like I would have a huge rack if I were Born female, big and titta. that's just something that I would be big titta, big girl. titta, big titta girl. Well, my name would have been Chelsea, and I would have had huge tits. Do you think that, I would still be here as a ghost? Yes. Yeah, I think <laughs> big tits are such. <laughs> they they inform so much. Patty Harrison wrote a whole show about it. I love that show. You know what I mean? My huge tits, huge my tit, because my, my, infected, not fake, not fake. My huge yeah. tits huge because infected, not fake. Everyone should go see my huge tits huge because infected, not fake. I saw it at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It was my favorite work that Patty has ever done, which is saying a lot. Yeah, I'm I mean, one of Patty's number one fans. Biracial girl. Biracial girl. Why am I giving away the show? I mean, literally, I'm about to just start quoting the show. one part of the show. Biracial girl. She has a great song called Biracial Girl. Which she is. Yeah, because the show really, <laughs> she says at one point, the show is not about my huge tits. The show is about the fact that I'm biracial. <laughs> you have to go see it. It's perfect. It's She's I, perfect. For her to do that at Fringe is so iconic. To great houses? Well, to fucking, like, <laughs> lampoon the whole idea of a Fringe show. It's like... Fuck you for, like, making people, like, do shows about their identities. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't know if they make them. I, I think know, people out there really want to do shows about their identities. They want to explore they themselves. They don't make them, but they are sort of incentivized and encouraged to do that. Whatever. We can cut this out. No, but, but one thing I'll say is that the way that theater, like, works and no, is consumed ama- in the UK is so amazing. different. Like, when I just did my shows at the Soho Theater. Love them. So great. Everyone there was so lovely. But you get reviewed which would never happen in America. Like, I would never, uh-huh. like, do a show 
You and people re- would come. Yeah, but it's weird. It's like sure. the review culture in the UK and UK theater and UK comedy is so different than it is yes, here. It's yes. like, you know they're coming. It's like, it matters. Like, the word of mouth really literally does travel because of those reviews. Right, it's just right. odd. It's just foreign to us as a yeah. as a culture where the arts are not subsidized. Okay. That's your call for subsidization. That's my call. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? May, December? Anything ta- else? I mean, I don't know if there's much else to say. Then I would say I would give it a big old stream it. Stream it. I, and also see it. See it if you can this week. Anything else? I mean, here's the thing I would say. Bowen, before we got on, said that he has a very sort of big, I don't think so, I need to do today. And I'm told that we have to reserve comment on a certain Housewives franchise until the end. But so we can I talk will, about the other ones. We can talk about the other ones. And I will say my father watched Beverly Hills with me. So I was I was experiencing a lovely holiday moment, extended holiday moment with Watching my— the Real Housewives. <clears throat> yeah, and so I, I basically, I had so much to do. I had to watch Salt Lake, Beverly Hills, and— Miami. So I watched Miami first, and they were sort of half watching it with me. Then they both sat down, both my parents sat down and watched Beverly Hills with me because I think there's like some in there. I don't know. Maybe because they know the women a little bit more. They're more famous. Maybe. This is my dad's review. I kind of like the one who I went through the divorce and lives in the small house. Erica. Correct. (laughs) He said, I like the one in the hat. Garcelle? Kyle. Kyle. Kyle was always very powerful when she puts a hat on. Right. And my mom said, I don't know what it is about her, but I have a feeling she's not very nice. Oh. So that's my mom's intuition. I trust Katrina. Then he said that he thinks Garcelle is a good mom. Yes. And he said. Sorry, Jax. He said he thinks that Sutton is quote unquote crushed in every scene, which means drunk. Drunk. And I think he might have a point. I think he might. You know what I'm noticing about Sutton? The way she's speaking now is so... It's setting off every alarm in my head because she's going like this. She's yeah, ta- something's she, different. She's talking down into her. <laughs> and I'm like, You what? really do have a Sutton. Bone is a Sutton. Bone is a Sutton. <laughs> but she'll be in the middle of an argument and then go down. There's and something and that's off. scaring the crap out of me. Yeah, there's something very scary about it. And name them, name them, name them might have been like alcohol fueled. I'm sorry. We, it's not my place to say I that. I think but. that you might. My, I was like, I think she might be drinking. And then my dad goes, well, look at the tub in front of her. There's a huge cocktail in front of yes. her in that name I'm seeing. Yes, there's like, a giant Paloma or There's something. something going on there for sure. And then I think we all forgot Crystal was in the episode. Yeah. And then when Denise Richards walked in, my dad turns to me and goes, Denise Richards. Which he you knew, said was a Which tell. I think is a reveal you that he may saying. have cranked it to her in the 90s there cranked it that's i'll say it i think many straight men cranked it to denise richards in the oh. 90s and that's a rule of culture number 17 Ma- i think many, many straight, straight men cranked, cranked it to, to denise, denise richards, richards in, in the, the 90s. 90s you forgot iconic bond girl yeah and iconic just hot woman hot woman wild things yeah scary movie three <laughs> exactly queen she was so funny in scary movie three yeah and no sex what no sex. No sex. <laughs> no sex. <laughs> oh yeah, she played the the crushed she was, wife. She was Charlie Sheen's wife. Yeah, she yeah, played, yeah, yeah. and she was crushed. <laughs> that is, we uh, bring up Scary Movie three once a month because it's iconic. I need stupid culture. I need to watch it. Some of the best. It's like it's airplane. It's like some of the best jokes. Like yeah. I mean, right now I'm forgetting Cameron Manheim playing Cherry Jones in Signs that role, and so in every funny. and every time the camera comes back to her, her hat is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where she can't get into the car because her hat's so big. Why Genius. did they decide that was the bit? I don't know, but I want more of that. 
Cow, need more of that. Cow says blank. Three dude. Letters. Dude. <laughs> the cow says blank. Three letters. Three letters. <laughs> dude. Dude. <laughs> Love it. Jenny McCarthy. Ugh. Pam and Jenny. Pam and Jenny. Pam. Pam is such a good actor. Justice for Pam, we've been saying it forever. I mean, listen, I'm I'm a Pam supporter. I went to opening night of Chicago. Oh my God, I did not see Pam in Chicago. What is the next theatrical experience we're going to have? I guess, should we go see Merrily? I saw it at New York Theater Workshop. Loved it. I Who would was love in to it? Was it. Jonathan in it? They were all in it. Yeah. Oh, Daniel, Jonathan, and Lindsay? And Lindsay. Lindsay was great. Lindsay was That's so what everyone good. says leaving it. Girl, uh, Merrily? Is it me, you, Sudi Coded? Hmm. Is it? I'm thinking these are three kids who met in college, and then it all fell apart. It all falls apart in the show, well, it's, right? Well, it's told— <laughs> Well, the thing with Marilyn, and I loved this production so much, at least the off-Broadway production, but it is, like, structurally doing a cool thing. You know, it's told in reverse chronological order, but it does completely take the stakes out of it. So mm-hmm. you're like, well, I know this ends badly, so then why am I, like, watching, like— the stakes get lower and lower as time goes on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I guess in what, like 20 years time, we'll have a Richard Linklater movie. That's right. With Beanie Which, and Ben. With Beanie and Ben. I mean, I can't wait to see that. But yeah. I, I just think like, and that that's not a Sondheim thing. I forgot who wrote the book, but like, I just think that's the, the fundamental thing about Merrily that I'm like, that's why like it hasn't been put up that often. And now that I think this is the perfect setup for it where you have these big stars do mm. it and... The music's great. I do love the songs. I just love a theatrical experience. I really do. How are you going to get your EGOT? Hmm, Let's see. Hmm. Emmy? For this season of SNL? (laughs) Let's hope. (laughs) Oscar for you. This season of SNL? You play. Who would you play in a biopic to get your Oscar? I would play. I'm famously playing Hunter Biden. Oh, my God. That's my Oscar. I would play... Eileen Warnos. <laughs> I would play Eileen Warnos. You think they didn't get it right the first no, time? I think Charlie's flopped. <laughs> Just kidding. She was amazing. I think Charlie's <laughs> flopped and I need to go in there. And I think you'd be a stunning Eileen. Thank you. Yeah. Show me. Um, like, what's the line from the movie? I remember the clip they played at the Oscars. Oh, yeah. The clip was like. Maybe. <laughs> I forget what the line is. She's like going cool, She's going cool, cool, crazy. Cool. I mean, look, I know a makeup person. You know a lot of them. I know a lot of them. Who could do what they did. Who can do what they did. Yeah. Okay. I would say for my performance as Hunter Biden, I'm just going to not sleep. I'm just going to show up to set every day like, oh, haggard. like Haggard. Uh, like, it's so rough. I'm going to embody what it feels to feel rough. Yeah. And just go in and like. Fucking. I, I, should I write the script myself? I feel like I have to make this happen. I think. No, let it come. No one's going to write me in my Hunter Biden vehicle. I, I think, think I might have to just, do it. I think, listen, the people at Script Notes listen to this podcast. <laughs> I think they're going to get the word out that. John August, write me my Hunter Biden vehicle. <laughs> now. Now. John. Listen, it's all been very, a lot of niceties passed back and forth. Do something. <laughs> write me a role. I think that's your Oscar. <laughs> Yeah, my Grammy is... Your Grammy is for... Um, have you heard of Christmas? Clearly incoming. Incoming. And my Tony... Oh, we should definitely win a Tony together. I would love How that. How do we do that? Hmm. Um, usually we compete. Wicked. Restage Wicked. And we both win. This is so funny. I actually was listening to Defying Gravity today. I don't know why, but I think I was just... Oh, you want to know what? I was really feeling myself... So, pick behind the curtain, because this is a big truth episode. Honesty Zone. People were late today. 
and I was very early. He was Matt was so early. I was like so freakishly early, so I decided to like walk around, and for some reason, I landed on Burn from Hamilton, from Hamilton, which was one of the inspirations for my song Every Christmas Eve oh. years ago, and. I was listening to it, and I'm like, this song goes so hard. Oh, it's a beautiful song. You forfeit the rest of my heart. You forfeit the place that I'm bad. You don't get to know what I said. So good. Pippa went off on that one. I want to be at the Kennedy Center Honors Pippa, (laughs) Sue. Wait, I was actually thinking about this, too. What would the Kennedy Center honors for Mariah be? What's the lineup, and what songs get performed? Oh, I can't do this. I I don't know. Ariana. Yeah. I would like to see Ariana do either Dream Lover or Fantasy. You know that yeah. song? You're of not course. as big a lamb as I am. No, I'm, Dream Lover, no, I, know, I, I know, I know these songs, but I'm thinking, like, I'm just thinking if there's, no, I trust you. I want Kelly to sing My All, uh-huh. like we pitched on yes, this episode. what she wants to sing. Yeah, I just, I think I kind of want Ari to give a more up-tempo moment. That's what I was saying. I was like, fantasy, even fantasy is a little slow. Maybe. It's not like you need like something fast. She doesn't really have a lot of up, up, up tempos. By the way, they just did a tribute to Mariah uh-huh. and Jennifer Hudson sang Vision of Love. Uh, it was so much singing. Yes. That I, you just have Hudson. to stand and applaud. Right. And then Patti LaBelle also sang. I forget what she sang, but like it was also stunning. And I was just like, wow. Because to tribute Mariah, you kind of have to bring everyone in who's going to do kind of the most, to say the least. Right. And imagine just sitting there for performance after performance, just like knocked off your pedestal by these women who know it's their Mariah Carey tribute moment. Right, and that she's watching. I think that is a YouTube clip that will be watched by gays over and over and over again when it happens after it happens. Wait, I'm sorry. Did this happen? It happened the other night, but not at Kennedy Center. Oh, I know, yes, but is it on YouTube, is what I'm saying? Yeah, I watched the Jennifer Hudson performance. Okay, okay, okay. And it was, like I said, it was the Vision of Love, and it was just like, whoa. The thing about Vision of Love and Mariah is there's like an elegance. Oh, she comes in completely, like, I don't know, like... I don't think anyone can really sing that. You think so? I think it's one of those songs. I think Vision of Love is a lot more I Will Always Love You (gasps) than we realize. In that, like... By the end, it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also just like... (laughs) A Vision of Love is so (laughs) Mariah-coded because it's Mariah. (laughs) It's pure Mariah. That's really close to number 89. Vision Vision of Love is so Mariah-coded because it's Mariah. Mariah. It's almost like... She starts so low, and then by the end, she's like... Yeah. It's just so, even to hear Jennifer Hudson do it, who's obviously one of the best singers out there, it's just like, yes, this is a tribute to, this Mm -hmm. is not a new rendition of, because you really can't do a new rendition of Vision of Love. Right. And I think that's the case for a lot of Mariah songs, which is why you don't see her covered a lot, but that song in particular, you really can't. Right. Would you say that Mariah's music is timeless, or is it so beautifully time-bound that you can't really, like, modernize it? Well, you, you, people do literally modernize it. Like, fucking fantasy, yeah. they just, big dick energy was... Yep, yep, yep. But even that was very preserved. Yeah. Like, it sounded just like fantasy. And fantasy is, of course, a sample, It's a sample itself. So, wait, but I would say, was it you that said to me, it wasn't you. I think it was Jared, because he loves to do this. He uh-huh. was like, if you had to keep one person's discography... No, I hate this shit. Hate this, hate <laughs> this, hate this so much. But he said... Because I, I, I don't have to keep one person's discography. You're right, exactly. And I was like, there's actually not a... So now that we have both discographies, there's not a world where, like, you can never listen to this again. But I guess he was like, imagine a world where you could never listen... I don't think so, honey, like, that whole, like, rhetorical thing. I don't like, like those guns Gun to your either. head, choose yeah. this or that. Well, 
I don't have a gun to my head, and yeah. I wouldn't. No one would ever hold a gun to my head and make me choose these two fucking things. Right. And so he said to me, "Gun to your head." Sorry, Jared, to put you on blast, but you did say this, Taylor or Beyonce. And I was like, I refuse to answer the question. No. Refuse to answer the question. But he said Taylor and Mariah. I was like, Mariah. I have to keep Mariah's music. No, of course. I have to keep Mariah's Mariah music. You. Mariah, it's just, it's not that I don't want to be disrespectful, but it's like, I think that that would put me in a serious depression mm-hmm. knowing that I could never listen to any of Mariah's music ever again. Whereas, like, <laughs> tell her write new music. <laughs> Not that Mariah couldn't, but, like, I don't know. There's something so special to me about Mariah's discography. The beauty of Taylor is the, like, glut of music that there is. And part of— Gorgeous word, glut. Glut. And then what goes with that is— You can call me a glut! Part of that <laughs> means, as a consumer, and that's all I am, as a consumer, I— Big bottom. Big bottom. I get to take a break. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. like, I think with Taylor, sometimes I have to consciously be, like, I'm going to tap out. I'm going to listen to some, like, Bjork or whatever, you know? People like, were like, oh, she's announcing Reputation TV tonight. They were saying this all weekend, and I was just like, you guys, we have to slow down. Let her exist. We have to slow down. Like, because, <laughs> honestly, I remember, like, my initial reaction to even Evermore coming out was I was just like, but we just got folklore. What? Like, I was just like, it's going to take me a second. Then I eventually got around to Evermore, and, like, it was one of my favorite albums of hers. Mm -hmm. But when things come too fast, too furious, it's like, even with 1989 TV, like, we were honest about our thoughts about it on this pod, but, like, I haven't really sat down and, like, allowed the newer songs to, like, seep into my veins as, like, Taylor Cannon because I'm, like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not in that zone right now. I'm still enjoying the... yes. I'm still listening to Cruel Summer. <laughs> I'm still listening to Cruel Summer. I was thinking today in the shower. I should give Lover another full rotation. I love Lover. Lover is, it's maligned. And right. there's no reason for it to be. It is some reason for it such an interesting moment in her career for her first two singles to be songs that are so outside of what she knows she does best. Mm. Do you know what I mean? For me and You Need to Calm Down to be the first two singles from that. Do you think that me and You Need to Calm Down were just like an overcorrection from the Reputation era? Yes. Me is so, still such a big question mark for Swifties, I think. It's so rare for her to be, and I'm just going to say this, publicly a little self-conscious about it. Because you remember when she took out, hey kids, spelling spelling is is fun. Which I thought was the wrong move. I was like, why are you taking out? I think, because that is the element of like, whatever, Uh, kill me for saying this, but like the element of wit that's in there, Uh something's a little off, something's a little wrong. And I love it when that happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? It felt like a choice that was made and we should stick to the choice. Did she ever say why she took it out? It kind of just reads as self-consciousness because maybe the response to it, I mean, it was like on paper a huge hit. But like... But the response to it was, like the internet was like, what the fuck? People being like, we don't know about this one. Yeah. And then it did that weird thing where she does have, like, that reputation for, quote-unquote, not choosing the right first single, which is, like, not something that's necessarily true. And it doesn't really matter in the end. Yeah. And then You Need to Come Down was, of course, felt gay baity at the time. I don't know. Like, it did feel like that was, like, a moment in her career where people were just ready to drag her in a way that, like, sort of invalidated just how good Lover actually was. Yes, which is... Yeah, because most of the songs on that album are like some of her greatest work. Still an Archer stan. Ugh. 
She said, by the way, that it's going to be it's in... It's going to be in... And while it's dreams. Yeah. It's going to be in the stream version. Streamable version. Yeah. And long live. And... um love long But live. because so much of Lover is so fucking good. Lover, the song, to me, is one of her best. But yeah, no, those weren't the singles. Cruel Summer was the single girl. But then again, can we argue with the timeline which saw Cruel Summer have this moment? It felt right for the Eras tour. It did. It did. Everything happens for a reason. Hashtag Taylor. Hashtag. Do you need to be part of the next pop culture moment? Are you scared of missing out on once-in-a-lifetime experiences? From can't-miss music festivals to international fashion shows to your favorite celeb's favorite restaurant, staying in the know can be so expensive. Don't let your finances hold you back from living your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com to start living yours. It's I-N-T-U-I-T.com. Let's get into it. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. I want to quickly talk about Miami. Adriana is so important. Adriana DeMora is so important. And why is she not housewife status? The only thing about Miami is the friends are so vital to the show. Mm-hmm. And there is just like, I guess it's just too many women who are already housewives who are holding So there's mojitos. six full-time and three friends. It's nine. Bump it up to nine. I don't know. Do it. Potomac has eight right now, and five out of the eight are fucking cannon fodder. I can't do this. We, we have to wait until I I was so told honey. that we had to wait to talk about we, Potomac we until I don't think so, honey. But in terms wait. of Miami, I feel like here's the thing. Marisol, Adriana, Kiki. and Kiki. I think there's this thing that Miami is doing that because they have women that are married and are actual quote-unquote housewives, <laughs> they are the main cast. Sure. But then again, like— Larsa isn't. I think we're well past the point of like yeah. that being a requirement. But yeah. anyway, I, this is all to say, 
I love this show so much. I think that if it's working, if it ain't broke. Sure. Like, Kiki as a friend of, I think, is f- perfectly fine. Kiki as a friend of is perfectly fine. Even Marisol. I just think Adriana drives so much of the conflict. She definitely does. And she is... And no longer susceptible to, to your poison! poison. They have vipers, like the vipers. V- venom, like vipers. Venom, like vipers. Fuck you, Mary Salt, motherfucker, hateful person. Being hateful because I'm flatulent. <laughs> so. The word flatulent being used so many times. Really, no notes for Miami. No notes. No notes for Salt Lake, really. These are fun shows, and that's what you need. That's what makes something watchable, okay? Period, point blank. And that will lead into our discussion on another franchise in just a bit, okay? So listen, it's time, I think, to sort of get that negativity out. And I'm actually going to have you go first today. I'm superstitious. What? I feel like you always go first. (laughs) And I feel like if you're going to switch up the order, this is going to really shake up the week, which, you know what, maybe I need. I think I forgot what my I don't think so honey was. Okay, so, so you want I me do to think first? you need to go first. Okay, great. Okay. Okay. This is Bone Yang's I don't think so honey and it's long awaited. His time starts now. I don't think so honey, the real house is a Potomac. <laughs> I think I'm tapping out because it has become utterly unwatchable. It brings me no pleasure to say this. If you had asked me 2 years ago, I would have said it was my favorite city in the entire franchise. Now it is dead last. Dead last. Because as I said, the ratio is bad. Five out of these eight women are intolerable. Three it's of them so are true. evil people. Yeah. Mia. 30. Mia, Giselle, Robin. You guys, you guys are so awful. And then I love Karen. I love Wendy. I love Candace down forever for life. But the rest of these women are so desperate to be on television, so thirsty, so hungry. They're seconds. acting like Drew Carey just called their names on The Price is Right, mm-hmm. and they're racing to the bottom to bid $1. Mm-hmm. Because that is what is the price Five of the seconds. show. Even Wendy, I love you, Wendy, but you are overcorrecting here. I mean, this show is bad vibes down. That's one minute. Listen to me. I'm out. You sit here. And you say that the evil people are Giselle, Robin, and Mia? I would raise you an Ashley Darby. Oh, Ashley Darby, you're fucking toast. <laughs> yeah, Ashley Darby is God, so, you suck. So here's something I was actually asking myself. Is Ashley Darby this dumb or this mean? And I'm like, oh. It doesn't matter. It's obviously that she's this mean. She's mean. She, oh. and like Because her thing of like, oops, did I spread that rumor about Wendy's mother being like a voodoo First of all, can I say, I am with you. I kind of refuse to participate in something that's going to pit these two Nigerian women against each other based on heritage. It's so disappointing. And I was really not about the editing of the last episode, which was like showing Wendy's mother like praying. And then they did this weird musical sting on it to make her seem like mystical. That did not feel right to me. This all feels very wrong to me. How many more times are we going to have to have Wendy sat down by Ashley and told something horrible like that's being said about her life? Just for what? These women aren't friends. It's not fun. They're they're just not friends. They're just not friends. Robin is inactive. They all live like 15 miles apart from each other. It's like there is no like central binding... 
hub. There's no agent. There's no like thing that like brings these people together. Truly. The way that Giselle salivates when she hears she can talk shit about Wendy or that there's something nasty about Wendy. It's so like the glee with which Robin was receiving that information from NECA, like about like all that stuff that was negative about Wendy. I was like, this is such an ugly show. Yep. And it really is a shame. And I'll miss you, Karen. I'll miss you, Wendy. I'll miss you, Candace. And I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it. I'm just saying, like, I still haven't seen this week's episode. There's no propeller for me to watch it. It's like, and honestly, that's the thing, too, about, like, having so many other franchises that are doing so great on Bravo right now is just, like, I'm not going to watch something I'm not going to enjoy that I, like, morally object to. There's no way. And also, it's like, why? Why invest time in people who are awful? We don't have the time. You don't don't have the time. Like, you, the readers, Katie's publicist, finalists, do not have the time to watch something like this. We don't have the time for Potomac anymore. I never thought I would say this. I used to love this show. Literally, what I said was, I would hang out with any of these women. Now, these are the fucking lamest people. <laughs> it's really they weird. They are so deeply uncool. Yeah, and also it's just like, I guess like Wendy and Candace and Karen have to keep participating because it's the show that they're on, but yeah, it's just but like, like, God, like at what point is it not even worth it? You have to show up and these are your colleagues, people who are out to destroy you your lives and the people that you love. That's, I guess, the <sighs> difference is that on Miami, it's like, you talk shit about me because I was flatulent. How dare you? You were a viper. So funny. And on <laughs> Beverly Hills, it's like, you know, it definitely gets thick. It gets a little dark. But, like, there's, like, a pageantry there that the women are all in on yes. that feels like these women are not collaborating with each other to make content. They're conspiring with one another yep. to ruin each other. Right. And it feels like— For what? It's not entertainment. And for Salt Lake, there is an element of, like, there are criminals about, and these women have to unite to fight off these evils. Like, that is a fun, compelling thing for me to watch. They're also fun to watch. They're also so fun. Like, none of these women are fun to watch. No one's fun to watch. And I'm sorry, but, like, Candace, you haven't been on the show. Like, I mean, like... This is another part of it. Candace, Karen, and Wendy, Wendy, except for this, like, fucking NECA stuff, it's like, they're not featured enough. There's so much focus being put on Robin and Giselle still, and Ashley, and her... Why are you doing a coast side house in the fucking DMV, Ashley Darby? The stupidest fucking design story. Yeah, it really is a very, like, lazy. Very bizarre. Very weird. Like, an... It's like very like old fashioned like beach house. It's it's giving like fifth thought. Ugh. It's just how many houses have we been to in the suburbs where this is the story? You know, my house is a beach. It's giving like lame. It's giving it like that's not to disrespect anyone who's like my living room is the sand and my my <laughs> bathroom is the beach. You know what I mean? Like that is like a common thing. I get it. I'm only using this as ammunition against someone that I already dislike. Right. That, that's all I'm saying. If Everyone you, else, yeah, if, I think your house is beautiful. If you have a coastal-themed house in a landlocked area, I love that for I you. I think your house is beautiful. I think your house is beautiful. <laughs> uh, but if your name is Ashley Darby and you're—are they divorced yet? And you're fucking— No, they're not divorced! Yeah, like, you're in such a sad arrangement, Ashley. And here's the thing that connects all of these women that are, like, vituperative on the show— a word I learned from Bell and Yang, is their personal lives are all a mess. Like, watching the Robin and Juan of it all is so pathetic. And the fact is, like, you kind of do, like, have to side with her 
because it's like when someone says like I don't care I don't care I don't care you're like okay well she said she doesn't care so now I guess everyone else is uncool for trying to get her into a position no, where she like but I guess I know, ultimately I know, I know, what I'm saying is it's just like guys she doesn't care she doesn't want her life to be better she doesn't aspire to better things right. so when someone is telling you what they feel that's what she feels leave her be Leave her be. She doesn't want her situation to improve. Which then makes me go, then why is she on television? Why am I watching her life? And well, her husband got fucking fired. And here's another garbage thing I, I'm picking up on the show. He's constantly, Juan Dixon is constantly on television being like, well, you know, I got fired because we weren't winning games. Not anything. I love my guys. I love my guys. It's like, first of all, no. here's the truth. You allowed... A situation to go on yes. on your team yes. with a young person who will be affected by just look it up because I'm not getting it. into it. It's actually disgusting. It's disgusting. He covered up basically assault on his team. Like a coach on his team was, to say the least, inappropriate with one of the players. The player brought it to the attention of the coaches and the coaches like covered buried it. Okay, so that's why he was fired. That's what we're dealing with in that family, in the Dixon household. Giselle is being so fucking stupid with this whole like cougar identity she now has. This woman doesn't know who she is. This woman does not She's know. She's not interesting. And the only thing that makes her interesting is the way that she plays the chessboard, I guess, in terms of like She doesn't play the chessboard, she fucking flips the table. Yeah. She fucking flips it. She like makes a fucking mess. It's just That's no not, fun. It's not fun. It's no fun. And Ashley Darby being like, oh oops, did I destroy any potential for these two women to be friends, NECA and Wendy, when like they should have come on and been like, you know, not that NECA needed any help, because she couldn't have got to the no. like center of this inappropriate bullshit with Wendy's mother. Quicker. No, but also NECA is, like, not it whatsoever. There's no star quality. There's no star quality. The way she talks to her husband is vile. She, like, screams at him to shut up every single day. I'm like, I don't like this. Here's what I'll say about Mia. At least I'm laughing. I've started calling her the legendary Mia Thornton in group chats, and I do laugh. Because you're <laughs> laughing because she's not legendary, because she's actually she's equally as pathetic I, as the Here's what I'll people. say. Like, if NECA has no star quality, at least I think Mia, like, whenever she comes on television, I'm like, well, what is this going to be? I at least do like watching Mia. I do. Mia, the moments that I Sorry, like— Sorry, the legendary Mia the Thornton. The legendary Mia Thornton. The moments that I like <laughs> watching the legendary Mia Thornton are when— Karen is being so mean to her. And, and she, <laughs> Karen and doing she, the handshake. And she just takes it on. And then Mia just kind of takes it on the chin. And I'm like, okay, that's funny. But like, that does not a reality TV character make. Anyway. I just, I don't know what to say. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch anymore, but I am saying like, you are right. Dead last. It's, it's bad. Dead last. And I feel like the weird thing that's happening is they feel like they can't get rid of Giselle and Robin and Ashley. And I have to tell you, you can. You can. You can. Actually, this happens all the time is you get the toxic people out of a situation. It is a noxious yes. show. Uh -huh. Like, it's just like, ugh. Like, it, we're not dealing with light Housewives content. We're dealing with this stuff that, like, watching Wendy's face as she has to receive that this is going to be the conflict of the show. Ugh. That Like, they're attacking her mother based on heritage and religion is so, and, like, what they are saying about this, like, whole, this implication that Wendy's family might be Osu is actually so, so, so damning and dark so and bad. so personal that it's like, of course, like, 
the Bravo audience, the Housewives audience, is not going to actually understand what's being implicated well, here. But it's like, if you look into it and actually go to Wendy's Twitter and see what she's retweeting and what she's saying, it's really, really fucked up. But that's the thing is that there's so much room for misinterpretation or, like, agnosticism about, like, what these things mean in Correct. that culture that it leaves room for so much bad faith and bad, like, interpretation of what this all means. And, yeah. like, and fucking Ashley Darby starts it. Like, this fucking, I'm sorry, light-skinned woman who, like, could not care less about the fact that these two women are from a culture that is completely foreign to her. Anyway. Also, watching them all sweat so hard to try to make NECA a thing. They're all getting on their Instagram like, we're so excited for you guys to meet NECA. NECA's incredible. It's like, NECA is a total Not five. today, NECA. <laughs> Not today. What is it? Not today, Not neck. today, neck. Not today. Not today. What, what's the other? Ankles. Ankles. Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Um, we miss you, Candace, on the show. I mean, Candace. <laughs> she was on the show this episode, but I just, it's, where you been? Where you been? Anyway. She's been on tour. And that's kind of what she's doing on the on the tour. Okay, I do have, and I don't think so, honey. And I wish I didn't. Oh, I wish I didn't. I'm sorry. It's okay. Do you need to be part of the next pop culture moment? Are you scared of missing out on once-in-a-lifetime experiences? From can't-miss music festivals to international fashion shows to your favorite celeb's favorite restaurant, staying in the know can be so expensive. Don't let your finances hold you back from living your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com to start living yours. It's I-N-T-U-I-T.com. Let's get into it. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs Classic Clogs and Sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. This is Matt Rogers. I don't think so. Honey, it's time starts now. I don't think so, honey. The song from Wish. Oh. 
I just miss the days of majesty in uh, these Disney songs. Like, I'm listening to the song from Wish, and I, I'm i rooting for Wish. Like, I root for every, like, Disney princess movie that comes out. And then here's what I would say, like, to give some feedback. Like, too many words. Like, where is the timeless melody? Where is the timeless, like, easy thing to latch into? Like, where is 30 seconds. Like, the days of Alan Menken and Howard Ashman? Like, we need to find, and I love Julia Michaels, but she is a pop songwriter, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's, like, a lack of, like, timelessness or, like, memorability to the melodies in this. 15 seconds. And I listened to, like, the soundtrack today, and I'm just like, mm, we're missing some of the magic. And that's to not to say too much about like the whole fucking thing. Five but minutes, where seconds. is the magic? We need less words to find it. I didn't like the song in Wish. I don't think so, honey. And that's one minute. And it's so interesting because all of the promotional stuff about this movie is making it seem like this is the best I want song Disney has ever written. First of all, if you have to say it, it probably isn't true. true. And also it's like, let's not pretend like the Stakes aren't so high in terms of that. I mean, like, part of your world is staring us in the face. By the way, there was a Rolling Stone list about the top 10 Disney movies. Mm -hmm. And I actually... Agreed with it? It wasn't that I agreed or disagreed. I was just like, okay, it's a Rolling Stone list. Here we go. They chose Bambi as number one. That's ridiculous. Which I actually... I don't think it's ridiculous. I actually think it's kind of like a chic choice. Because, I mean, the animation was revolutionary for the time. It's a very emotional story. Like, it's also, like, OG, OG Disney. So I kind of got that. But then The Lion King wasn't even in the top ten. See? And, like, the recent Winnie the Pooh was. No. And I'm like, Rolling Stone. It's Rolling Stone being Rolling you Stone. You gotta stop. Like, it was giving Celine Dion not on the list vibes at some point. But at least, like, there was, like, some respect for in there for the class. Like, Little Mermaid was ranked very high. And I'm like, yes. Because Little Mermaid, like at least the songs in the original, like, you don't ever forget them. Beauty and the Beast, that do-do-do-do-do-do. There's something there that's, like, timeless. And I feel like in this Wish song, which I believe is called I Wish, (laughs) I'm not able to, like, latch on to anything about the song because I think it's too crowded narratively. And, like, there's nothing... We're not aiming for the stars in terms of, like feeling classic. Mm-hmm. And yet, I think Disney has poured in so much into it being Disney 100. Let's really cement the legacy of the last century of what we've put out. And like, this is like, they, yeah. they've had a weird year, a bad one. They've had a not good year. I think that, so the thing with Wish is it quote unquote, isn't succeeding right now at the box office, but it did get an A cinema score, and it's something that could play through the holidays. I mean, they said Elemental was a flop, and then it actually made a lot of money. It's now categorized as a sleeper hit, which I didn't even know, because I I feel like there's so much emphasis put on, like, the opening weekends for things like this. But you have to also remember, Frozen was a huge sleeper phenomenon. Like, that was not a hugely popular movie, and it's even its first two weeks. And then as kids started to express that they loved it. Like, then it grew. So, like, I feel like there's potential for Wish to do well, but here's the thing, is it's like, you need something that's like a really driving intangible Mm -hmm. for something like this movie to succeed. And Frozen had that with Let It Go and the other songs. The songs are not songing on this album, and Mm -hmm. it's no disrespect to Julia Michaels, who I think is a great pop songwriter and great pop artist, but... There's something that's, like, not connecting in terms of, like, 
you can't, there's no emotional end to these songs. And I haven't seen them in context. I haven't seen the movie. But it's just been a weird year because that didn't do well. And then the Marvels, like, really didn't do well. And I think that Disney's plan going forward is to funnel, like, I think it's like $20 billion into the theme parks. It's all going to the parks. Yeah, because yeah. they're the only real division of Disney that is growing mm-hmm. are the parks because there was, like, a theme park resurgence. And I guess my thing is, like— You had a lot to do with that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I guess my thing is, like, what happens when— the IP all just, like, collapses in on itself. You know what I mean? Like, the the Marvel, it's so confusing and saturated now right. that I think people didn't go see the Marvels because they were like, I'm not going to get it. No, it's... They had an opportunity to, like, really reset it after Endgame. Yeah. And they just kept, like, sizing up the bubble. And, yeah. like, it was, like, it was impossible to follow. It's unreal how much you'd have to consume to truly understand mm-hmm. what's happening in any given piece of content that's come out from Marvel in the past two years. You tell me, like, Jonathan Majors plays Kang, and I'm like... Which now is a whole thing. Well, I just think, like, they've had a lot of bad luck. Yeah. And Destin Daniel dropped out of the next Avengers movie, and but he's going to still direct the Shang-Chi film. Something's going on at Disney, and, like, I think the little drips of news and announcements lately have been so interesting, too, between, like, Inside Out and this whole thing about, like, oh, Toy Story 5 and mm-hmm. Frozen 4. It's like, okay, but, like, just give us a second. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just well, think they're there's... obsessed with announcements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're so obsessed with letting you know what's happening so that you know down the road everything, and then you look at it, and you're like, wow, so you're truly banking on this regurgitative... IP again and again and again and again. And then even your original stuff feels derivative. Like, just on face value, Wish feels very, isn't it Disney? Well, I think, to the is, point, isn't that the whole story of it? I think yeah. there might be something to that. It's like, this is the world where, like, wishes get doled out to every little Disney world, you know, or something like that. I guess I gotta, you know, do my due diligence and see it more. But, like, I don't know. Like, usually, like, I'm more excited. But I think that there's just something going on where every single, like, big IP for Disney, like Star Wars, like Marvel, like even though the Disney princesses and, like, that whole thing, it just feels like it's all kind of just, like, collapsing in on itself, where I guess they can put all the money to the theme parks because that IP there feels very special and new because you're Mm -hmm. experiencing it, Mm -hmm. but it's not getting people to elect to go to the movies. Yes. Because it doesn't feel, like, there's not a lot of pull to right. I feel like I've barely even seen Wish promoted. Mm-hmm. Well, he don't follow Ariana DeBose on Instagram. I think I do. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Wait, well, then you have no excuse. I guess I do. Um, God, talking about Disney like this makes me think that Kingdom Hearts really is the perfect case study in this. Mm. Because it peaked and then it really fucking fell. It really kind of all like burst at the seams in a way that was just like, what was that all for? It's like let's celebrate all the Disney things and put the, and like remix it with this new crazy like Final Fantasy element and like it worked mm-hmm. until it immediately stopped because there were so many titles it was impossible to keep up with it. it like literally this is like it is a microcosm for what's happening on a larger scale. This is my theory and I'm mm-hmm. actually I'm onto something here. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts what happened with the Kingdom Hearts series and they're making a fourth one whatever, but what happened with the Kingdom Hearts series is the perfect writ small thing of what's happening I think with let's say Disney as a whole. Uh-huh. It's really interesting. 
Like, it was just so convoluted. You needed to watch, like, a 25-minute movie before you could play the third one Mm -hmm. that came out a few years ago. It's just, like, at what point do we, like— Yeah. Just, like, congeal things and, like, make things more digestible. Yeah. Because there's a lot of asking people to buy into these universes, Mm -hmm. and the universes are just so— Like, I actually read a Wikipedia. I read the Wikipedia of the plot of the Marvels, and I was just like, what? Why can't this just be these three ladies kick ass? Why can't this just be Mama's Slay? Mama's Slay? Literally, the Marvels should have just been Mama's Slay. Mama's Slay. Slay. It would have been so fun. It would have been incredibly fun. It's like you can only slay in a certain universe because when you slay too hard in Universe B, Universe C is not so slay. Wait, what are those little green guys? Bitch, those aliens. Don't talk to me. <laughs> I don't don't We need a Mama Slay movie so badly. We need this decade's version of Charlie's Angels full throttle. We need Mama Slay the movie now. How, what has been Mama Slay recently that has been that has popped May up? May December. Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. <laughs> I used it Barbie, I said May, December. First of all, describing May, December as Mama Mama Slay Slay. is so dark. Barbie is not even Mama Slay. I think Barbie is Mama Slay. I think Barbie is Mama's all-around-the-world slay, and that's actually really culture number 100. Barbie Barbie is is Mama's 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 all-around-the-world slay. No, Barbie is... I used to float, now I just fall down. See, that is beautiful and timeless and simple. You know what I'm saying? Billy, this is my favorite Billy lyric ever, is I don't know how to feel, but I want to try. That is the whole movie. Because I don't know how to feel. She's, I don't know how to feel, but also she literally does it. She's a toy. Yeah. But she wants to try. My favorite Billy Eilish lyric is, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> Talk about an artist. I love Billy. Love Billy. Love Billy. Billy for the pod. I think she'd be excellent. I think she would have fun. She's good vibes. I just looked at our producer. I said, yeah, book her. <laughs> book Billy. Come on. But just Billy. No. <laughs> no Phineas. Parents. Just get her in here. We wa- let just him, us and we, Billy. We want to talk to Billy and really help her figure out her newfound lesbianism. Is she a lesbian She said now? that she's attracted to women, but she's intimidated by them. And you think that we could help her figure that yes. out? Yes. <laughs> I think we're the perfect strippers to lesbianism. I thought you said we're the perfect strippers. And strippers. I think we strip for her, and then she definitely will <laughs> get a lesbian. She'll be like, all right, <laughs> now I know I'd be gay. Taxi! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that'd be so fun. She is so stunning as an artist. <laughs> you know, this has been an episode that has gone all sorts of directions. I think we really slayed it. I think we slayed it. I think this was Mama's Slay. I think we're boob gays. We're boob gays on both sides of the coin where you have the boobs if you were woman. Mm-hmm. And I, if you were woman, you'd if you be were, an appreciator. Well, if you were femme presenting, you would have boobs. Huge. And I, you, you'd be boob gay in that regard. I'm boob gay in, in the fact that I am purveyor of boobs and I appreciate boobs. And with this thought, we do end every episode of the song. I used to float, now I just fall down. I used to know, but I'm not sure now what I was made for. What was I made for? <laughs> this episode is called when, Boob Gaze. When did it end? Although enjoyment, I'm, I'm sad, sad again. again.
everybody, it's Matt, and I'm very excited to let you know that my debut album, Have You Heard of Christmas, is out Friday, November 3rd. Stream it everywhere and anywhere you do that, and order the vinyl online now. I've also got new merch and tickets to my tour at www.mattrogersofficial.com, starting December 1st in Philly and wrapping up December 23rd in New York City. Again, check out www.mattrogersofficial.com for all the new music, merch, and tour info. Very exciting. It's officially Christmas. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com.